0: This morning, our first lesson comes from 1 Kings. Elijah is quite the character and I cannot resist kind of beginning this sermon with this story. The story of Elijah is one that fits into a relatively complicated history of Israel, but I'll kind of sum it up for you. At one point, Israel was united in one kingdom, particularly under David and Solomon. But after King Solomon's death, The northern kingdom and the southern kingdom physically divided. There were different kings in both of those kingdoms, and they began to devolve, so to speak. And what we find here is that Elijah comes on the scene in the northern kingdom of Israel as things are kind of beginning to fall apart. There was a king that came up named Ahab, and he and his wife Jezebel began to do some bad stuff. They supported cult worship. They encouraged the people of the Northern kingdom away from God. And Elijah simply could not stand for that. And so Elijah as a prophet of God began to preach and prophesy and condemn this bad behavior. And yet Elijah wasn't really getting traction. And so in today's lesson that we hear from first Kings, what we see is Elijah kind of walks outside the big city and he plops himself down under a tree and he begins to whine. And he says to God, kill me now, right? He says, take me because I cannot do what it is that you have asked me to do. It's a lot of drama. And yet, how many of us can, in a sense, when we kind of understand the context of that story, sympathize? with Elijah, sympathize with being in a place where things just are not going the way we wish them to go. We have tried, and we have worked, and we have given it our best effort, and what should have happened and succeeded simply failed, and there's not much we can do about it, and it makes us feel like we want to go find a tree and plop ourselves down and beg God for death. That kind of drama is what we see from Elijah today. It is that kind of feeling that I think we can all sympathize with. We receive a lot of good gifts. We in our community are good at using our gifts. We are good at succeeding. We are good at working hard. And most of the time, what we try to do well happens well. It works and we succeed. And yet that's not always the case. We are not good with getting in touch with our weaknesses. We are not good with understanding that failures can often be the best teacher. We are very good at hiding any imperfection. I don't know about you, but if you're like my house, we have been watching a lot of Olympics we have Olympics on for hours every night and we go back and we replay and we watch all that stuff. And it's amazing to watch these athletes do these incredible things. And even though there are lots of potential problems with the way the Olympics are organized and the people responsible and all that stuff, even with all of that, It's impossible for me not to root for these incredible athletes who have given so much. I can only begin to imagine how much sacrifice goes into preparing to do these exceptional athletic achievements. And although there are plenty of inspiring stories, I am equally fascinated by the stories of the big flops. Did you all see one of the semifinals of the men's 800 meters? US runner, Isaiah Jewett, was there with a real medal possibility. And in one of the semifinal races, he gets tripped up by the Botswanan runner behind him named Nigel Amos. They fall completely flat right on the track. And in that moment, my heart just went out because years and years of preparation to get to that place where they might be able to medal in the Olympics and then a little foot trip and fall flat on their face. And anything could have happened. I imagine that in that moment, Isaiah Jewett wanted to go plop himself under a tree and beg God to take him now. But instead, he got up, walked over to the man who tripped him, helped him up off the track, put his arm around him, and he said, hey man, let's finish this race. We're not done. Let's finish this race together. And that's just what they did. Walked arm in arm across that finish line. That kind of moment is such an inspiration because everything seemed lost and yet their humanity was never at jeopardy. They connected with one another on that very human level. They were not caught up with what the world told them they needed to do to succeed because they understood something much deeper about true success. Each of us are kind of in a moment when we understand that life can be frustrating. We are now back in this dumb pandemic rut again. Those of us up here are wearing face masks again to try and stay healthy to be able to do this each and every weekend. And none of us want to do that. None of us like face masks. None of us want to do any of these things anymore. I am so over it. And yet... We are here again, and it can be so frustrating unless we stay connected to what is deepest, to what God gives us in that truly exceptional way, which brings me to today's gospel lesson. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus speaks of this spiritual food that nourishes us more than any physical food or drink ever could. And that sounds wonderful. But what Jesus says remains only poetic. Unless we are willing to get in touch with our deep need, with our deep lack. We don't like that kind of conversation. We don't like being vulnerable. We are not good at acknowledging our weaknesses. And yet, sometimes the world around us forces us into a place where we understand that we cannot do this on our own, that we very deeply, truly need God's presence with us. None of us want to be sick with this virus. None of us want to see people die from this virus. None of us want to be doing any of these precautions anymore. We want to get on with it. And yet, all around us, we hear these scary stories. We see people evicted from their homes, losing their jobs, sick and in the ICU, and even dying when they should not be. And it can feel a bit overwhelming. But you see, we're never alone. We're never by ourselves in this. Jesus promises us that in our faith and in our discipleship and in our commitment, we never actually walk alone. We are given this bread of life that goes so much deeper than anything this world can provide, that goes so much farther than any fear or anxiety that cannot control the way that our spirits live with one another and with God. When life gets hard and we are scared, perhaps heartbroken, unsure of the future, that's when Jesus's truth comes through for us. Today, Jesus reminds us once again that what we need, what we really need is that spiritual food and drink that only he can provide. What Jesus offers meets that deepest need inside of us so that we can get back up, that we don't stay under that tree, that we are fed with everything that we need in order to move forward, to love again, and to help build God's kingdom here on earth. That's what we are called to do. That's what we plan to do here. Next week, we begin a new school year, very unlike the way that we thought it would be a few months ago. And yet the faith that grounds us, the faith that brings us together here today is what can sustain us tomorrow, next month, and next year, and more. Do not be afraid of what the world may throw at us because we know that Jesus gives us food and drink that meets every need that we have. We know that together we can do anything through Christ who strengthens us. Amen.